Hello, welcome to the Eating for Health podcast. I'm Dr. Harriet Home, founder of Healthy Eating Doctor, registered nutritionist and doctor. I studied medicine at Cambridge University, worked in the NHS for over a decade, have a PhD in genetics, lecture on nutrition and was commissioned to write a novel degree combining culinary skills, nutrition and health. I'm on a mission to break down nutrition myths and share science-backed nutrition to help empower you. I'll share some interviews, theories and practical tips focused around nutrition and health. Stay tuned to find out more. I'm delighted to have Katie Taylor as my guest today to talk about her personal experience of the menopause. Katie is the CEO and founder of the Latte Lounge, an online platform for midlife women. She founded this support platform at the age of 45 after suffering from debilitating perimenopausal symptoms, which had been misdiagnosed as depression for over four years. Katie is passionate about campaigning and supporting women, not just with their menopausal symptoms, but all their health and well-being issues throughout midlife and beyond. Having been married for 27 years with four children, Katie's seen it all, so feels well-placed to support, inform and signpost all those who join the community. Backed by a medical advisory team, which I'm pleased to be part of, who are on hand for professional advice too. Previously, she worked for over 25 years in PR, marketing, fundraising and event organising for a variety of different children's and mental health charity. To find out more, see thelattelounge.co.uk and I'll pop the link in the show notes. So I'm really delighted to have Katie uh, from the Latte Lounge come to join me today to talk a bit about her experience with the menopause and the amazing um, Latte Lounge and, and group that she set up to help support other women. So um, over to you, Katie, if you could just tell me a little bit about you to begin with. Hi, Harriet. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so when I was 43, so I'm 51 now, um, I, I mean, I, I have four children and I was a very sort of capable mum. I was working and doing the school run and running a family home. Um, and I found over time I was feeling exceptionally tired all the time, um, quite teary, low mood. Um, I also felt that when I was doing the school run, we used to have a 10 minute walk there and back to school every day. Um, and it felt like I was walking in treacle. Um, I found even the sort of effort of, of, of walking. Um, and by the time I got home, I was absolutely exhausted. Um, and this went on. Uh, well, it started going on for about a year. Um, and eventually I went to see my doctor and they said to me, well, you know, you're a busy mum, you're probably just, you know, overdoing it. Why don't you try and see if you could work part time? Um, so I tried to work part time for a bit. Luckily, uh, my employer was happy with that. Um, th then I started noticing things like I had brain fog and I was forgetting words. Um, and my friends were all making fun of me saying, oh, you're such an old woman and ha ha ha. Um, but it was actually really embarrassing because I'd go into a meeting um, and I'd lose track of where I was going with my words and, and also my concentration was terrible. Um, I found I was crying a lot for no obvious reason. Um, and basically all these sort of symptoms, including things like aching joints, and low libido and memory loss, these were going on for, I mean, for four years. That's pretty um, difficult, to be honest. It also sounds to say they're quite a sort of almost nebulous collection of symptoms that if you went to your GP, they might 
um, I guess, you know, think, oh, well, you're not dying, you, you know, not that I'm GB, GP bashing in any way, because I think, you know, they're absolutely fantastic. But, you know, it's probably quite hard to go to them and, and you know, keep going and, and say, you know, these are actually really impacting on my quality of life and, and get, you know, some help there. Yeah, um, I mean, that's exactly it. You know, I have huge respect for for GPs and, you know, my dad's a doctor and you only I know you only have a 10 minute surgery, but I was very embarrassed because I was always such a coper. Um, and also I started getting heart palpitations and feeling very anxious and claustrophobic and, and didn't want to leave the house and, and antisocial. And it was really, I just was embarrassed. I thought, my God, why can't I cope? Um, so I went back and forth to the doctors and actually they started sending me off to see a heart specialist. I went to see um, a dementia specialist because they thought maybe it was early onset dementia. Wow. Um, I went to see a psychiatrist because they thought it was all in my head. That um, really I, difficult going, you know, thinking you might have early onset dementia. It must have been you know, really scary with your children. and It, it was terrifying and... I just felt like a complete failure, actually. Um, so and they offered me antidepressants and I just kept saying, but, you know, I've got nothing to be depressed about. You know, I'm happily married. I've got a lovely job. I've got great kids. Um, you know, why, why would I be depressed? Um, and so, and, you know, nobody asked me about my periods. I was, I was still having periods and I didn't have hot flushes. Um, so kind of menopause was not even on my, you know, radar, radar. you know, I was in my forties. Um, and it, so it was only after four years of just really struggling terribly and, and giving up my job. Gosh. Um, yeah, which was pretty heartbreaking. Um, I, I actually went to see my dad, who's a breast cancer specialist and I just burst out crying. And I said, I just don't know what's wrong with me. I think. I'm going mad. Um, and he said, I, I'm absolutely convinced this is hormones, um, and which I was quite su surprised about, and sent me off to see a gynecologist who he works with, or he right. did work with. Um, yeah, so, and then literally within half an hour, she diagnosed me with perimenopause, which was a word I'd never heard of. Um, and it was a literal light bulb moment for me. It was, I couldn't believe that all my seemingly sort of unrelated symptoms were actually all very much related and due to my estrogen levels being on the floor. And we should just sort of say that perimenopause is at that sort of time just before and around the menopause when, as you say, declining estrogen levels. You don't have a sort of a day when it's like a switch. It doesn't sort of switch off. It's a gradual decline as periods maybe become phased out or or um, less frequent and and that can all be sort of part of the sort of the perimenopause time yeah and and also I must add because obviously I know you're um, you know we talk about nutrition a lot yeah. but I had also put on four stone of weight over this four four year period because wow. I, because I stopped exercising because I felt so depressed and I was turned to comfort eating um, and it was that vicious circle of them not wanting to leave the house because I yeah. looked so rubbish and and then I was like, right, well, maybe if I get fit and lose weight, I will mentally feel better. And every time I attempted, I, I didn't even have that kind of resilience to sort of, I'm not sure if resilience is the right word, but the kind of get up and go to actually even deal with nutrition or even engage with exercise. So 
Well, we know as well that like stress has a huge part to play in what foods you eat um, and the, the gut brain axis. So the connection between your brain and what's going on in your gut and your microbiome, and all the sort of the, the, uh, the bacteria and the viruses and the parasites, and everything that live in your gut. There's two way communication. So what you eat affects your mood, what your mood affects what you eat. And if you're stressed, it really affects that your cortisol, your steroid hormones can um, can send you out to seek out those hyper palatable, high fat, high sugar foods and also inhibit your satiety. So you don't feel full. You just want to carry on eating them. So you can see how it's a really vicious cycle and also combined with um, sort of emotional eating side that. Um, if you're feeling down it's really easy to to reach for something to pick you up like a biscuit or a cake or or again there's you know hyper palatable foods that you then get that reward feeling from but it's only a very sort of fleeting reward then you feel guilt then you feel like you've let yourself down then you feel worse and then you feel you need another one to pick yourself up again and you sort of go down that sort of negative cycle it's really really hard and really understandable as well I think so I'm I'm sorry you went through that but I'm I'm not hugely surprised (laughs) you did yeah, I mean it's you know it's uh, I, I hear it all the time now and and I think and so I mean so to sort of summarize what happened was I was prescribed um HRT I, I also must add that my periods then having been sort of they've gone from being very regular over that period to sort of getting uh, far few and far between but then I started having very heavy bleeding like Gosh. really heavy bleeding and I would spend all day just to sleep on my couch and wow. very breathless and it what happened was it turned out I was incredibly anemic and I hadn't realized that this wasn't a period this was actually um adenomyosis um right. and, uh, so, so when I was put on HRT um I remember coming home that night and just sort of feeling quite angry and I turned to Facebook to see if there are any groups of women sort of who had been through something similar um, and, and what what I found was there were lots of groups that I had been following when my kids were babies so mm. sort of popular groups but there was nothing relevant to uh, menopause perimenopause and, and midlife sort of sandwich generation which I'm very much part of. So, so I set it up, uh, the Facebook group, uh, it was called Top Tips for Women Over 40. Um, I decided to call it the Latte Lounge because so many of my life's problems or issues are always solved over a cup of coffee in a coffee shop with my best friend mm. uh, or all my girlfriends. And I wanted to kind of create a, a virtual coffee shop where people would come and talk and feel very you know, relaxed to be able to talk about anything, including perimenopause and menopause, but also nutrition, fitness, weight loss, parenting, teenage kids or aging parents. Yeah, no, Uh, I can imagine. And and how how many people have you got in your group now? I mean, how's it grown? Well, I think that the funny thing was that first day I had 2000 members I had to approve. So it was like, oh my God, I know I stayed up all night approving members on my phone and realized that actually there was obviously this massive gap in kind of Absolutely. midlife Facebook groups. Because I think we'd all grow, we'd all sort of join Facebook when our kids were little. Um I'd forgotten that they'd actually grown up and on our needs were changing. So we've now got almost 20,000 women on the actual Facebook group, and we've got about five thousand on on Instagram and And I basically got together a group of medics. Um, I wanted, the reason I built a website was I wanted it to act as a landing page 
so that I could properly support every single woman who comes to our Facebook group or, or the community on Instagram. So that rather than they just come and ask a question, we, we always try and support, um, inform and, and then signpost them to help find a, an, you know, an answer to their problems. Because I think that's so important. It's certainly something that I see a lot in nutrition in that anyone can set themselves up as a nutritionist without um, any qualification. But to be a you know, registered nutritionist, um, you have to have you know, fairly stringent qualifications and, and, and that knowledge and but still so because of that there's so much um you know rubbish out there on the internet and i i i find it really sad that people trying to sort of sift through find out what's real what's not what's evidence-based what's quackery and i think it's a real struggle for people how do you know what quality information is and if you can support people with qualified professionals who can help and you can adequately signpost them i think that must be fantastically supportive for them and obviously tantamount to you that you set that up and, and saw that unmet need and and so many people are, are being supported by you i think that's you know really fantastic yeah, thank you. I, I think, look, I, I'm, I'm my father's daughter. I was always brought up in a house where he would always say, show me the evidence. Mm. So I, there was, I could never say anything without him saying, show me the evidence. So, um, so, you know, I totally agree with you. I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not medically qualified in any way, shape or form. Um, so I, that's why I was very keen that everything is evidence-based mm. um, and that I have professionals like yourself supporting these women so that I can just say, look, I'm really sorry to hear about this problem, yeah. but here's a blog on our website written by one of our professionals. And by the way, here's, you know, some people in our, we, we have a business uh, directory um, and we also have a menopause specialist and and that's you know full of people like yourself who who I know are in safe hands <laughs> you know to to help women because as you say otherwise there's so much fake news out there it and, is. Um, it's astonishing and, think, and my dad set up something I remember I think it was in the 70s or 80s called Quackbusters I think it was just after Ghostbusters had come out and he was like so I feel that I've you know I've got to carry his bat on and make sure that you know women aren't shaking trees to yeah I, lo I love the name I think your dad was probably a trailblazer you know <laughs> back then I'm still doing that now with the nutrition bus it's a trend at the moment to replace breast milk with bone broth in Australia and I just find that utterly horrifying so you know, there's an internet full of it and I think it's um wow. you know I, I feel sad that people have to trawl that so no I think you've got a really fantastic resource I was just going to quickly butt in to say that the way I finally lost the four stone of weight because it is quite important because it's almost like the end of my story was this year in lockdown I decided that now was the first time I felt I had headspace and time because I wasn't going anywhere I couldn't rush out the door uh, but also physically you know not not everyone wants to or can take HRT but physically and emotional emotionally I feel in a really good place um, you know I did I have to add I did actually have to have a hysterectomy um, so now I've only got oestrogen, um, I, I don't need progesterone because I don't have a womb, but I feel so well now in every way, shape or form. And so I just started a very healthy eating and exercise regime at home. It's taken me a year, so it's not a sort of slow, quick, quick fix. fix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think, I really think that women going through perimenopause and menopause, until you've got your hormones balanced, I don't think you actually will have that right headspace to even try and, uh, you know, eat well and and, lo and lose weight. So, you know. I think we should just sort of say um, that 
the rules around HRT and the guidance, um, there's been huge changes in the last few years, whether they're safe or they're not safe. And really the best thing to do is to go and have an up-to-date appointment with your GP and chat it through and find out really what the risks are for you on a personal level and, and what the benefits are. And if that's the right thing for you to, to take it safely. And things like diet and exercise can support your long-term health, but the yeah. menopause is something that happens to everyone. And unfortunately there's no uh, you know, it can't be cured and, you know, it's not a disease, um, but there's certainly things that you can help support and make that journey a bit easier. But essentially you need to be kind to yourself, realize that it's a difficult time, I think for, for all women or for most women, and that lots of people have symptoms, trying to sort of deal with those and accommodate them in your, in your life. And I've heard lots of stories of people finding it really difficult to talk about them. Um, and at work and you know, having hot flushes and in often a male dominated environment, it's concrete quite challenging. And I, I think it's, it's great that there's been so much publicity or so many people are coming out like yourselves, other high profile people talking about the menopause to try to break down some of those taboos. So I think, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Definitely. Thank you very much, Harriet. And, and you as well. Thank you. We should maybe talk a bit about nutrition and menopause it, and I can um, find out a bit as well at the same time about your sort of dietary changes. So just to say, as you have that naturally declining levels of estrogen, it increases your long term risk of cardiovascular disease and bone and bone disease. So um, osteoporosis, that sort of softening of the bones. And that if you're 50, uh, you have a 2% risk of brittle bones, osteoporosis. But when you get to 80, because that low estrogen, that rises up to 25%, which I think is huge. I think it's a really important message for women that you need to change your diet at the menopause and you need to eat for your long-term health. As you sort of changed your diet, have you been thinking about increasing your calcium and bone health and heart health on your, on your way through as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously, I, I don't mean to keep banging on about HRT, but I, I, I did, I felt, you know, some, you know, I saw a menopause specialist, so mm. I was comforted that um, in some ways, you know, oestrogen can prevent um, yeah. osteoporosis and heart absolutely. disease, but I was very keen to also make sure for, through my nutrition, I was eating the right food. So, uh, you know, I, I, I have a, a lot more uh, calcium-based foods, a lot of green leafy vegetables, a lot more protein you know I've become I've really I never used to like fish and I absolutely love salmon and you know I eat a lot right. of salmon and sea bass and just, just yeah. a lot more vegetables um I, I think for all of us in lockdown I mean I don't know about you but I've just started cooking a lot more because I'm not doing that rushing out the door constantly you know rushing to work picking the kids up yeah. you know quick fixed meals it's just given me time to sort of cook you know from scratch and I've actually really enjoyed that so you know my diet is a lot more a lot more green leafy vegetables a lot more oily fishes calcium based milk and, and soya foods and yeah because yeah. calcium is really important and then as you say protein at every meal to to, to help with bones and um, and those green leafy vegetables will be you know, vitamin K, calcium, whole grains, um, your magnesium and phosphorus so yeah and it sounds like you're doing a, a good job um, yeah. I, think, I think people have had a very different lockdown experience I think it depends on where you are in your life if you've got yeah. young children if you're juggling Correct. home school and whether it got busier or, or quieter and they had more time so um, I think I think for some it's been really you know hugely tough and oh, really had a, yeah. a tough time I mean I have to say I, I think 
for me personally, and I feel very bad, but my kids are sort of teenagers and, and sort of early 20s, but had this pandemic happened 10 years ago with, you know, I have four kids under seven. I don't know how all, all those who are homeschooling and trying to work and trying to eat and just keep jobs. I mean, honestly, hats off to, uh, you know, us women, we are, you know, we are feeling so much. And, and it's like, I know, I know because of the women that have come to the group, how hard it's been. So I don't want anyone to beat themselves up if they've been sitting on the couch, Netflix and eating chocolate, because, you know, yeah. trust me, I, trust me. And, you know, I think you just need to get through this year, don't we? Really? Yeah. And, uh, and hope that it's there's light on the, the other side. But um, yeah, and. And absolutely. And I think if you can just make any healthy choices along the way, that's that's better than, than nothing. But I, I, I can easily understand how, you know, lots of people have put on weight during lockdown, because oh, yeah. you know, the emotional stress of it all and, and the worry. And there's, you know, it's difficult to find those pleasures in life in some ways, you know, at the moment. But um, yeah, yeah, for some people, sure. And I'm glad you've been one of them. You've, you know, I think that. I'm probably in the minority. I really do. But I think I, because I'd had four stone to lose, I thought I, I had two ways of, I thought I'll either roll out of here like a hedgehog in spring or, you know, I, I can't afford to put on another two stone. And, and so, but I, I totally, you know, the yeah. old me would have a hundred percent sadly just sat for a year and, you know, Oh, that's fantastic. No, that's fantastic you've made those sustainable choices yeah, you know yeah. and, and done that so hats off to you oh that's great can I ask you very quickly I know I know I'm not interviewing you but <laughs> I just I'm really curious about the where supplements fit into this because I just from a personal level like you know I feel like I've got my you know my estrogen levels are balanced and my nutrition's balanced but you know how, where are you on supplements <laughs> So I think supplements is quite a murky area um, for a number of reasons, really. Um, one is because there's very little regulation about them. So actually what goes into them, you know, is, is often not easy to tell. And there's no sort of easy way of telling the quality of a supplement as well. And then I think um, an awful lot of supplements are, are mainly sort of marketing hype and mm. there's very little evidence behind them. So I try and stick to things that, I think there's really good evidence with so for the menopause um well firstly for everybody the nhs guidance is um that during the autumn and winter months we should all be taking some kind of vitamin d supplement and if you're an at-risk group like you're you know frail or elderly and don't get out much um because vitamin d is made by that uh, exposure of the sun on your skin um, that you should be taking a supplement all year round. So first of all, I'd say vitamin D, because you're not going to get much through your diet, you, you need to supplement it. Um, and then calcium, calcium, you should be really be able to get through your diet if you're just mindful of what you need. And um, there is some evidence that um, if you have a supplement, it can spike your level of calcium in your blood, and that may increase the risk of it being deposited in the blood vessels, which isn't you know, great thing and you want to avoid that. So I think if you can get it in your diet, if you're plant-based, um, you might need to get it, you know, with fortified milks. Um, people often think that organic is best, but certainly in the case of plant-based milk, organic doesn't have any fortification. So you'd want to be finding those plant-based milks that are fortified. Um, and then other things that are really important for bone health, like magnesium and phosphorus. And some people do supplement those, but in a balanced diet, in a healthy diet with 
um, you shouldn't really need to supplement either of them because they are so abundant in, in food. So magnesium's in uh, meat, dairy, uh, fish, potatoes, whole grains, pulses, all of those things. I think if you're eating those regularly, you're going to get all of your phosphorus needs. Um, magnesium as well as in whole grains, spinach, seeds, beans, um, almonds. So again, you shouldn't really need to supplement those. You're getting all of, all of your needs some thought that it might be useful in things like sleep and other sort of menopausal symptoms but I think the evidence there at the moment is really weak and there's certainly um, no there's no good quality evidence for sleep there might be some for sort of more uh, like hot flush type symptoms so I'd be quite cautious taking those really I think um, at the moment there just isn't really the evidence to support them and if you're eating well you shouldn't need to anyway um, and then vitamin K. So vitamin K is another um, uh, vitamin that's really important for bone health. And it's found in formed by lots of different parts. So you need to take a variety of food in order to make up the one molecule of vitamin K. So it's in things like um, green leafy vegetables and fermented food. And there has been some evidence that that can improve osteoporosis or reduce the risk of osteoporosis and enough evidence that places like Japan um, do actually advise women to have vitamin K supplementation but at the moment in the UK that's not advised and um, partly I think because vitamin K is a fat soluble vitamin so it means that if you take too much you store it and nobody really knows what the long-term effects of that are or what the risk of toxicity is so I think if you're eating a balanced diet as well and you're having fermented food and green leafy vegetables, you should be able to get all of your vitamin K naturally anyway. So I think the hardest part is knowing really how much, for example, of calcium you need and what on earth that looks like. So on my website, I've got like a nutrition checklist for women going through that specifically designed for the menopause where you can see, okay, one portion of something gives you X amount of calcium just so that you can see exactly how much you're having and I certainly don't want people to be weighing their food or doing anything like that I don't want it to be restrictive I want it to be supportive so that you can see okay I've ticked I can tick off these things I've had my calcium I eat that roughly you know that's my sort of weekly what I eat it's a regular thing so I know that every week I'm getting my calcium I'm getting my vitamin k and um, I'm getting my you know those other things and to help support women so that and empower them with that knowledge so they can look after their own long-term health really so um yeah they're free you can download them um on my website oh, really interesting. <laughs> but yeah i think i think sadly the supplement world is quite a murky one and um i think i'm just really you know what's the evidence is there strong evidence otherwise i i don't really um i, I wouldn't mm. advise it mm. yeah oh, <laughs> no pleasure um so can I ask you do you take do you take any supplements then or is that something you do well I no, I the only thing I is uh, vitamin d um and I am I really am affected I think I must have a sad disorder because I'm really affected by sunlight so I do take vitamin d um that's it really um I mean I have been told to look at magnesium but actually I'm my sleep's fine at the moment and so yeah, just the just the sunshine spray. <laughs> great. No, well, I, I think that yeah, I think that's yeah. good. It's, it's yeah. wise. No, it's great. Oh well, thank you so much for talking to me. And um, and if any, so is, is it just women only at the Latte Lounge? Should I just 
know, it's um, we, we say women over 40, but obviously if you go through early menopause and menopause, you know, we, of course, please join. I mean, the website's um, lattelounge.co. Uh, we are actually switching over to .co.uk soon. Um, and the Facebook group um, is the Latte Lounge, uh, top tips for women over 40. So, you know, if women want to come, um, obviously we'll signpost them for whatever their life needs are, yeah. Great, and I'll pop some links to those in the show notes as well, so you can find them more easily. But um, I think I'm. Um, I, I hope if anyone's listening out there that and you have you know any worries, and you need that support, then um, head over to the Latte Lounge. So thanks so much for Katie to talking with me. Thank you, pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed listening and I'd love if you'd give me a five star review and subscribe so that other people can find me too. I'm also at Healthy Eating Doctor on Instagram and I have lots more nutrition education information on both my video courses and on my website healthyeatingdoctor.com.